Welcome to another episode of the SaaS Podcast. I'm your host, Omar Khan, and this is the show where I interview proven founders and industry experts who share their stories, strategies, and insights to help you build, launch, and grow your SaaS business. In this episode, I talk to Mike Carson, the founder of Park.io, a service which helps you to back order expiring domain names. Mike is a developer who for many years struggled to find business success. He was working hard on multiple projects, but none of them were working out. And it was a painful time for him. He couldn't understand why he kept failing. And he'd often wonder if he wasn't working hard enough or just doing things the wrong way. One day, he just decided to let go of all that frustration and work on a project that he was curious and passionate about. He wasn't even thinking of it as a business. And ironically, that project turned into Park.io. Mike is currently doing over a million dollars a year in revenue, and he's a one-person company. He has no employees and continues to run the business by himself. Mike says that he just got lucky with Park.io. And there's some truth to that. We all need some luck from time to time with our business. But I don't think it was all just down to luck. And in this interview, I deep dive into what exactly he did to build that business, how he's dealt with major problems and competitors, and how he's able to run a one-person million-dollar company. It's a great interview with a ton of insights and lessons, so I hope you enjoy it. Is your team struggling with spreadsheets that can't keep up with your workflows? It's time to switch to Jotform Tables. Jotform Tables is an all-in-one workspace that lets you collect, organize, and manage data seamlessly. Not only can you create online forms to gather data directly in Jotform Tables, but it also serves as a powerful tool to manage and analyze the data collected from your existing Jotform forms. You can also import spreadsheets or enter information manually, and all your data is stored securely in one place. Jotform Tables makes collaboration a breeze. You can share your tables with a single click and work with your team in real time. Say goodbye to version control issues and hello to efficient teamwork. Get started with Jotform tables for free today at sasclub.io slash jotform. That's sasclub.io slash jotform. Are you looking to sell your online business or buy one to start your entrepreneurial journey? Discover exciting opportunities with bupos.com. Bupos is the number one platform for buying and selling profitable online businesses and the first to offer built-in acquisition financing for qualified buyers. At bupos.com, you can explore their exclusive listings, browse listings from other marketplaces, or submit your own deal for approval. Bupos can offer pre-approved financing for recurring revenue businesses, allowing you to access fast funding with no personal guarantees. And their experienced M&A advisory team supports you every step of the way. To learn more, visit sasclub.io slash Bupos. That's sasclub.io slash B-O-O-P-O-S. Sign up today and get qualified to sell your business or find your next deal. Hey, are you struggling to grow your SaaS business? As a SaaS founder, you know that having the right tools is crucial for growing your SaaS business effectively. But with so many options, choosing the best ones for your needs can be overwhelming. That's where the SaaS toolkit comes in. This handy guide covers the 12 essential types of tools you need to supercharge your growth. Inside, you'll find a detailed look at tools successful SaaS startups have used to scale to seven figures and beyond. It gives you specific examples and makes practical recommendations to help you choose the right tools for your SaaS business. Don't miss out. Visit thesastoolkit.com to download your free copy and unlock faster growth for your SaaS business. That's thesastoolkit.com. 
Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So I'm going to start with my usual icebreaker question. What gets you out of bed every day? Is there a favorite quote you want to share or, or maybe just tell us in your own words, like what drives you? Well, yeah, I thought of a quote. So, I mean, this one, like this one quote, um, I think it's, it was actually, it's attributed to Mother Teresa, but I don't think she actually said, said it. I think it's a mis, uh, misattribution there, but I, it's not all of us can do great things, but we can do small things with great love. So I, I like that quote a lot. And I think it, Actually, it you know there's a lot of good advice in that quote that I try to think I try I, I hope I can live by that quote a lot because it's I mean it kind of in some ways is about um, you know I think when you think I think in a lot of ways what it, it what it kind of summarizes is that you know I think a lot of people look to the future for like their you know like I'm working so hard but you know I'm working I'm doing things I don't like now. But in the future, it's, I'm going to reach this point where I'm really happy. And I think this quote kind of says, like, you know, now it, it's a uh, why, why don't you like put love into what you're doing now? And, um, you know, and so so I think that's yeah. That's yeah I, I love it. To. So I haven't heard that one before, but where, where does that kind of mindset come from? Like, I mean, the, the quote is a is kind of a great way of encapsulating that. But have you always thought like that? No, no, I haven't actually. I mean, I think, I think actually, you know, when I came across this quote was, was kind of a pivotal time in like in my life. And, you know, I was doing all these projects and I was working hard and struggling, but I just kept thinking, you know, and none of them were really working out. And I just kept thinking, uh, you know, if I, it, one day it'll pay off one day, you know, and it, it, it was a painful, it was a painful experience because I was never happy with where I was. And then I think like when the time I came across this quote is like, you know, I started to realize that I can be happy where I am, you know, like with the things I have and, and just focus on what I, what I enjoy. And, um, I think a lot of that attitude actually just, uh, a lot of that realization, helped park.io come about really so so i don't want to get too philosophical here but like, <laughs> you know, but i'm gonna try um so like do, do you find that once when you when you sort of think like that when you're kind of more focused on saying okay i'm going to focus on being in the present moment i'm going to kind of like really immerse myself in whatever i'm doing and love what i'm doing right now do, do you find that like better things start happening as a, as a result of that? I do. I really, I mean, I think one thing I've noticed that has had a huge positive, and I think like a real, like kind of an unimaginable <laughs> positive change, like unbelievable, really like positive changes, just focusing. In, so that attitude, what I had before is kind of like focusing on the lack of what I had, like focusing in my life. It's like, it's dwelling on a lack or believing in a lack in my life, like a lack of what I want, like not having what I want. And I think when, when you do that, it like kind of manifests in your life, like it makes it real. And I know this is, this is kind of philosophical, but, <laughs> but, but I, I do believe it. Like, I, you know, once I started think like once, and maybe it's not so much like, I guess it is, it's, yeah, it's like being gr grateful for what you have and focusing on like seeing, just seeing what, just being aware of the, the abundance in your life and, you know, like being, a, 
grateful, having a lot of gratitude. I think that then in turn kind of manifests more abundance and, and stuff in your life. And I, I know it sounds kind of crazy or, you know, like very, I don't know, uh, not very practical, but I really, I, I think it actually is very, uh, has very practical and real, um, Results. Yeah, I, I don't think it's crazy at all. And I would say that you know, personally, um, some of the best days that I have or when I feel that things are going really well for me are the, are the times that I kind of practice being grateful more often. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, there was, I can't remember who, which book it was. Maybe it was, was it Martin Seligman or whatever? But this idea of just like focusing on like three good things every day or getting into the habit of writing down three good things that happened every day. And I know... Um, People have taken that idea from like the 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 sort of the five minute journal um, kind of has sort of that built in. But I found when I started doing that, you initially sort of look back at your day and you start like writing down things that you're grateful for or things you know good things that happened. And then once you start doing that consistently, you almost kind of like start living your day like okay, I, I'm sort of looking around for what I'm going to write tonight, right? So it's kind of like your brain is just on this kind of it's kind of programmed to go and look for like, you know, things that are going to make your day better or, or make you more grateful. So yeah, I, I don't think yeah. it's crazy at all. I think it's great stuff. So uh, I want, let's, I want to talk a little bit about kind of what you did before Park IO kind of came about. But before we do that, let's just sort of set the context and it would be great if you can just explain to the listeners, uh, like what is Park.io? Uh, what does it do? What problem is it trying to solve? So yeah, Park.io is a place where you can backorder uh, domains, um, domain names. Uh, so what that means is um, when a domain name expires, it goes through this process where, um, it, you know, first it expires and then there's a uh, kind of a grace period and then it's deleted from the registry and then it can be registered again. And at that time, if it's a if a good you know a valuable dom domain that a lot of people are interested in, um, there's a lot of competition to get that domain name at, at the time that it becomes available. And so, Park.io uh, provides a service where we get the we try to get the domain for people with, uh, when it when it becomes available. Got it. And and how is it different to maybe other services out there that that help you try to get a domain? Uh, well, we focus specifically on kind of like hacker type domains, which is .io, .ly, .me. Um, I think a lot of the other ones more are focused on .com um, or .net or some others. So I think we're more focused on that like kind of niche. Got it. Okay. So obviously there's there's a lot of great stuff to talk about with, with Park.io and, and how you've built that into a business that's doing what is it like? It's over a million dollars a year now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And you're a one man company. Yeah. Which is awesome. Right? So there's a lot of stuff to talk about there. But before we get into that, I, I, I really want to kind of talk a little bit about what was life like before you, um, you started Park.io. You worked on a number of other projects and, and you were trying to build a number of other products. And most of those things didn't work out. So yeah. tell, tell me kind of a little bit about that and, and what kind of things you were working on. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, I guess just a lot of, it was mostly like projects in my spare time that I thought, uh, um, 
you know, I, I just tried to launch a, a lot of different projects. I mean, I thought, you know, if I, uh, I, I, tr- you know, I, I tried to go by the mentality of like, try to fail fast and, um, and things like that. And so I did fail fast with, with a lot of projects, but it's, yeah, it's like, um, there's a lot of different ones. I mean, I, and some of them like seemed to take off at first. That was the most frustrating part really is like, I would launch some of these projects and they would get to the front, you know, like number one on hacker news. And a lot of people would be really interested at first. Uh, and then it would just like dwindle down and slowly like die off. And it was really frustrating. I mean, sometimes it wouldn't even get on the you know front page of hacker news or anything like that, but it's, uh, yeah, it was, it was kind of a frustrating experience. Like just, you know, everything, it, it didn't seem to really take off. And then, you know, and I didn't know what it would look like if it, if it did take, like, if I didn't know if, you know, was, was I not, was I not trying hard enough on some of these things? Was I not, was I not putting enough time into it or enough, like, you know, trying to do enough marketing and stuff or what was I do? I didn't really know, you know, what the problem was. Um, but now in hindsight, like with park.io, it's clear, like for me at least, like, you know, it's just obvious when a project doesn't work and when a project does work, it's, there's like just a really clear difference. Like with the projects that even, even if you get traction going on, it's like with park.io, there's traction from the beginning and it just kept growing like every day, more and more users. And then with other projects, it was like, it kind of dwindled down. And so, yeah, I guess for me, like there's a, it's clear, like, I think, yeah, I mean, what I recommend to like hackers and, and stuff is just to launch, a, you know, a lot of projects and, um, you know, you'll know, you'll know when it, when it works and when it doesn't. And, uh, I think that there's, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of opportunity for like developers and, and hackers is that like, there's not a lot of risk in terms of, uh, you know, upfront capital and stuff like that. It's mostly just time, really. You know, you, you put up some time and then you have the potential reward of, you know, doing really well. So I, I think it, I think the best way to play it really as a developer or as a hacker is just to um, launch a lot of different things and, uh, you know, when, then one of them will hit and you'll know it and then just continue from there. So can you give me an example of, of something that you, you built that was one of the ones that you said seemed to uh it looked like a promising idea or seemed to take off early but then didn't go anywhere yeah there's a couple like one i did was called ask.io and it was it was not uh it wasn't really so much for like like making money it was more like it was a way like, so basically it, it featured somebody could ask a favor to, of the world um, each week and like everyone would try to help this, this person out. And it's, you know, it got to the first page, like number one on Hacker News and it took off and it's, you know, it, it started to, do, it was really int- like popular at first and like there were some articles written about it and stuff, but, but then it just died down. I, I think I maybe didn't, uh, I, I didn't. I couldn't figure out a way to keep the users engaged in it and just keep it going. It, it just kind of dwindled and, and died out. So that that was one. And then another one was I had this like I, I came up with this idea to do this 
handwritten letter service that had an API and everything so that you could like send an email or text message to the service and it would create a hand, like we would, somebody would actually ma- like do a handwritten letter and mail it to the, to the plate, to like wherever you wanted. And, uh, I mean, that's got some buzz, like a TV station interviewed me and, and like Pee Wee Herman, Pee Wee Herman <laughs> tweeted about it and no. stuff, but, but, um, but yeah, it was like, so it got a little interesting at first, but then like nobody used it really. And I, uh, so, um, so I guess those were a couple, I mean, you know, that's, so yeah, I, I guess those were a couple of different, different, different things that didn't really take off. So how, how did you, like when you came up with the idea for, for each of these projects, did you kind of try to do some validation or did you just <laughs> build the thing? Okay. I, I think know. you just answered I, my question. I still like I'm not, <laughs> I didn't do any of that. Like I feel, I know, I, I maybe I would, it would be better if I do stuff like that. But I think, well, actually I think one of the reasons Park.io succeeded is because it really was just like kind of a hobby. I didn't do any validation or anything like that. It was just like, it started out as something I thought was cool, fun, you know, and I, I was interested in it and I worked on it. And so it just kind of grew from that, like not even really having an idea. And so these other things, yeah, they're just, I maybe I did a little stuff like that, but I just kind of, it was more just like, what would be a cool idea? Let me just build and see what happens. And, uh, so yeah, I didn't really do any of that. So. so you're kind of more about just, if you have an idea, just start small, do something quickly, fail fast and move on and try something else. Yeah. And I think now, like what I would also recommend is, is, um, you know, just, you know, I, I don't even know if it's like, I think personally, like, the best the the best things come about if if you're not like thinking okay is this going to be a great business you know or like is this going to because I think those things yeah it's like I think it's a lot more important at the beginning at least from my experience it's a lot more important at the beginning to really be interested in what you're doing and, and kind of love it you know like love what you're doing and have fun with it and because then it just flows a lot easier. It's a lot easier to do work with it. It's a lot, if you're that interested in it, you know it a lot better, you know, than other people will. Uh, so I think that's another thing It's like, yeah, do, do a lot of things fail. You'll fail with like 99% and then one will take off, but also try, yeah, try to have fun with it and try to do things that are interesting to you. And then as you get interested in them, you might think of a business idea. Like it might, a business might natu- naturally come out of it, I guess. How, how many of these projects did you did you work on and try before you finally came came up with Park IO? That's a good question. Um, I don't know. Uh, probably uh, uh, probably twenty, thirty, something like that. I, yeah, I don't know. Something. So, so a fair amount. Yeah, yeah. And and so you're a developer, so you you were building all of these projects, right? Yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So l- let's uh, l- let's talk about Park.io. So how how did you like? Where did the idea for that come from? Yeah. So that I mean, that's just uh, you know, since I 
and building things, I, I, I'm interested in domain names. And I, and I knew that like having a good domain name, like it, it makes a, it, it leaves an impact on, on people, uh, especially when you're first launching. So I just, you know, started trying to get good domain names and I saw like there was one that was expiring. Uh, and, um, so I tried to f- figure out exactly when it would become available. I wrote a script and I still just missed it. Like somebody beat me to it. And so then I just, um, started researching it a lot more and I wrote my own scripts and I got some good domains that way. And then eventually it, it, be, it like, uh, it became, um, to the point where I could get every domain that I wanted that had expired. So then I decided to launch it as a service. So, so what would the the script do? It would just notify you when it was ready to buy or would it actually try to buy the domain? Yeah. At, at first it was really simple scripts. It was just like, okay, it, it's a script that would tell me the day that it was going to, the, the day and the time that it was going to become available. And then I would like just hand register it. <laughs> and that would, that actually worked surprisingly well for, for a while. But then, um, then, you know, some pe- some other people had scripts that actually registered it. And so then I would write some scripts that registered it. And then sometimes I would get them, but sometimes some of the other people would get them. And then, yeah, eventually they just became more sophisticated and fast and, uh, and then they were able to get them all the time. So initially you just did this because you wanted to buy some cool domains. Yeah, yeah. And then did you start selling some of them? Is that like how you generated revenue initially? Yeah, I yeah. So I got like 20 or so domains. And it, so the costs started to add up. And I mean, I just kind of felt that they were, I, they were good domains. And I just kind of felt that they had value. But uh, like I told you know, I told my wife because the cost started to go. I was like, I bought another domain. <laughs> like, and, she, you know, and I was like, I think it's worth, you know, something. And she was like, well, why don't you try selling a couple just to make sure that what you think is, you know, really true. So I did, I sold a couple and, and, uh, they did, they, yeah, they sold, they sold pretty well. And so then I thought, you know, okay, well, I'll use this money that I got from these to, buy some more and then I'll do the same thing. So I just scaled it up that way at first. And, and again, were you using some kind of, like how were you figuring out whether a domain was valuable enough to sell? Was it, was there some, some research behind that? Or again, was it, it, you know, I like the domain. (laughs) (laughs) Mostly at first it was like, to me, it kind of felt, obvious or like it just, I just had this feeling like, or, or I could imagine a certain, and actually this, you know, getting domains like this helped with ideas. You know, it's like, Oh, this is a cool, I could imagine a cool service with this domain or, you know, so I, I think at first, yeah, it was just like, you know, like ask.io when I got that, it's like, yeah, this, I mean, come on. And then there's like, you know, the shorter it is, like there's some two letter.io domains. And I was like, these gotta be worse. <laughs> they're rare, you know, they're so rare. And then, but yeah, eventually I, I, um, one thing I figured out is that, uh, the, you know, if you type the, the name of the word the domain before the .io so like for ask.io if you type ask dot into the into github search and the number of results that come up like that corresponds to the closely to the value of the domain so like the more search results that come back for a term that you type in the the more value that domain will have 
Really? That's yeah. I wouldn't have thought of using GitHub as a way to. <laughs> I think for it works well for .io domains. Nah. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So so you you sold them and you you made a little bit of money there. How much did you make from selling those two domains? Uh, I think I sold them like so. I registered. They were. I think they were two, both two two letter domains, and I think so. I got them for like forty nine dollars and sold them for I think around two thousand dollars each. Nice, not bad. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so so at what point did you did you decide? Okay, I'm going to turn this into a service. Uh it was yeah. So I started at the end of. 2013 getting into domains and registering domains and i think by june i launched park.io at the end of june 2014 so uh six around six months later and mostly it was at the point where uh i knew that i could get a lot of the domain like i knew i could get almost all the domains so that's why i put it up And, and so like what was the the first version of the product like and it, like how long did it take you to build it yeah the first i mean that so the working on the scripts to catch the domains is was really fun and researching that and like it, it's really competitive and kind of thrilling it's like right at this time the domain becomes available and it's like you wait you anxiously await and then the time happens and you then you check to see who got in it's like you know it's kind of it's, it's com- you know, you're competing with everyone in the world. And it's like exciting. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> and then, but then like building the interface, uh, you know, that was just like grunt work. It was like, okay, I, I, I got to build a user interface. I got to make a way for people to submit orders and pay for them and like manage the domains and stuff. And so it wasn't nearly as fun. Um, but yeah, so I just remember, but I knew that, you know, it'd be cool. To, and I could, even I could use it too, like uh, for, for myself. So I, it's, like it, you know, it was, it wasn't as fun to build it, but I still worked pretty hard. And for a couple of weeks, I think like a couple of weeks and then it was still very simple. Like a lot of it was, uh, not, there were a lot of things not automated. It was kind of bare, very bare bones. And, uh, at first, you know, just like the very basics that could go up there. So. And, and did you do, well, how did you get the word out? Yeah, I didn't. That's, the thing like and i think you know this is one way i mean it's probably specific to this type of business domain thing but um but yeah it's like it's just that's how you that's how i knew it was it was obvious that there's some value here because the first day i put it up i didn't tell anybody and i got a few orders already like the first day i got a few orders and they found it because what the only i guess one good thing that I did that, that helped is for the domains that we caught, I would put up a parked page that said this domain was caught by park.io and then put a link to park.io. And so, um, so I think that's where a lot of the users came from is just, uh, the parked pages from the domains like that, uh, that they were interested in or, or were waiting. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, so from what I understand, the way the way that Park.io works is that like you're showing like domains that are about to expire, and if I like something, I can go and place an order for it, and if you get it, then I I pay you for it, right? Like, is it like ninety nine bucks or something like that? Yeah. Um, but it sounds like 
what you were doing in the early days was you had already bought the domains and you were selling them because you obviously that's how you were getting the parked page set up. Yeah. So the domains that I had caught earlier, like the domains that I had got before I launched the site, I put up parked pages. So like, uh, for some, like for the two letter dot IOs and, and, or some, like some that had recently, um, become available that had just expired and become available for registration. Like the week before I put up the parked page. And so that's how, that's where the first user came from and placed the first orders. Are you an entrepreneur looking to buy a profitable online business or a founder ready to sell? Bupas is the number one platform for buying and selling profitable online businesses. With their exclusive listings, as well as listings from other marketplaces, and the option to submit your own deal for approval, Bupas has you covered. Plus, they're the first to offer built-in acquisition financing for qualified buyers of recurring revenue businesses, allowing you to access fast funding without personal guarantees. And their experienced M&A advisory team supports you every step of the way. To learn more, visit sasclub.io slash BUPOS. That's sasclub.io slash B-O-O-P-O-S. Sign up today and get qualified to start your entrepreneurial journey or sell your business at the right valuation with BUPOS.com. Okay, so big difference from maybe some of the things that you'd done earlier where there was excitement but not necessarily customers. This one, you didn't, sounds like you didn't do much at all and you got sales like literally on the first day. Yeah. Yeah. Literally without telling anyone or like putting it anywhere really. Yeah. So that, that was, it, it was a striking difference, you know, right from the beginning. Wow. Okay. So there's, there's definitely signs of life there. Um, like what were you thinking? Like, like where, where were you, where did you decide to sort of take the business then? I guess you did. Were you even thinking of it as a business at that time? Um, yeah, I mean, I, well, I, you know, I launched it and I was, I, I guess I was happy. Yeah. I was happy that, yeah, I, I was happy that orders were already coming through. I was happy that it was profitable right from the beginning. Like, uh, you know, I wasn't, there was people who had already paid and like the, um, they're paying more than I was paying for the domains. So, so yeah, right from the beginning, I was, pretty happy that you know and I didn't know how big it would get and I and so I thought well this could just be a nice side thing um that I'll just keep running uh and I and also I didn't know how like there's a lot of competition I didn't know how long that I would be able to have the competitive advantage so uh so I guess yeah at first I thought this is nice but I don't know where it's going to go I guess that's how and then you know it's it kept growing every every month and got bigger and bigger and like in the first year, did you do, did you do any marketing? Um, I mean, the, the marketing that I, the, I mean, the main thing is doing the parked pages, like for the domains that had expired or, you know, do, uh, domains go to auction if, if more than one person orders it. So I think those, basically the domains brought most of the users in. Uh, but other than that, I mean, I, I have like, I had an autumn you know, an automated newsletter that goes out once a week and automated Twitter posts. Uh, and I did a couple of interviews, uh, like podcast stuff. Um, but other than that, I didn't really, yeah, I didn't really do any marketing. And, and like I put, po- maybe I posted it to Hacker News or something. Maybe I did a blog post and put it on Hacker News or something like that, but nothing, nothing real. What kind, what kind of, 
an automated newsletter. What what did you send out in the newsletter? It's just uh, every week it sends out like um, the the current auctions that are going on, and also uh, some domains that are going to be uh, dropping in the next week. So domains you can place orders on, and then uh, also the uh, sales for the last week, the domain okay. sales. And then so like. How when, once you launched? So you said you launched sometime in two thousand fourteen. Yeah. Did, like, how much were you earning? Like after the by the end of that year. Um, I think. Well, it started out as like, I think doing like five thousand dollars a month, you know, at first, uh, and then one big like after four months or so. Uh, we got one domain, um, smtp.io, and there were a few companies nice. that, yeah, that were that were interested in that. And um, Sen- SendGrid actually ended up getting it. Um, and so it was a high auction. Like it was, uh, I think it sold for five thousand something. So it kind of doubled the revenue. And also, I was just really happy to get SendGrid as a, a customer. And um, so then after that, yeah, it just kind of continued growing. And it and Probably a lot of the growth just had to do with the interest in .io domains, I think. Um, you know, at, at first they weren't as popular, and then they just kept uh, getting bigger and bigger. Wow. Okay. So you're doing about $5,000 a month. That's kind of, you round out 2014. Uh, at what point did things really take off for the business? Um, I think around, let's see, I think around maybe June 2016, it started to get really crazy. Like, um, I think our, for that month, I think the revenue doubled the previous high. So it was like more than two times the previous. And yeah, it went into like the six figures. Um, and I think, uh, you know, from there it, 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 yeah, I think that's that was like a notable time. And I think a lot of it had to do with a few different things. I think .io domains became a lot more popular. There were some games like Slither, Slither.io and some other things that became really popular with like mainstream. And I th- so I think that um, it made people a lot a lot of the people a lot of people become aware of .io domains and then I think also around that time domain investors became more interested in .io domains because of this. So I think like those two things coming together kind of made it explode. And and did you do anything different with the marketing or was it still the same approach that you'd been using back in 2014? Yeah, it's pretty much the same. I didn't really do anything uh, <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, I basically like... <laughs> I don't know if I'm the right guy to ask for advice. I, I lucked out. I completely lucked out. <laughs> no, I mean, it was, it was, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I do feel very lucky and I did, uh, you know, a lot of it is, is just luck really. So, <laughs> I mean, I didn't do a lot of, you know, I didn't do a lot of marketing or stuff like that, but, um, but yeah. Well, I, mean, I, I, think- well, I think the parked pages is, is, is kind of, you know, a marketing tactic and yeah. it, it clearly works, right? Because I mean, you can't get any more targeted than that. Like, um, in terms of like reaching people who want to buy the domain. 
Yeah. Okay. So, so did you say you you were you were doing six figures in 2016? Was that six figures a year, or or you hit six figures a month by then? Yeah, that was a month per month. Wow. And and how much of that money like is profit? <laughs> it's. I mean, it's. Uh, yeah, it's a. It's a. It's. Uh, it's a pretty profitable business. I mean, I, I don't know what else to say. It's. 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 Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry, I don't really know how to answer. It's. I don't know the exact number of how but, much profit. But, it but is, it would but, be like like eighty percent, twenty percent is profit, or fifty. 50 I think or? it's probably around seventy percent profit or something like that. I, wow. It's. Um, yeah, there's not a lot of. Uh, I mean, I'm the only employee. The server costs are low. The domain expenses are pretty low. So, yeah. Okay. All right. So you're making all this money. Um, the business is just growing. You're not having to do really any marketing apart from the the stuff that you tried from day one and, and kind of continuing to do that. Did you think about hiring people to sort of help you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there. yeah. I thought about this early, you know, once it started growing, uh, and there was, you know, started making profit, I was like, okay, you know, there's a lot of conventional wisdom that like, well, like on Hacker News and stuff, it's like how to grow. And like, there's a lot of pressure, basically. It's like, if you have something that starts to take off, you're supposed to grow, you're supposed to like, hire a team, grow it as big as you can. And, uh, you know, you know, try to like IPO, I don't know, or whatever, like get bought for a billion dollars. So I, at first I was like, okay, I got to do this. And I started like talking to people to hire and, you know, having conversations. And, but then I, you know, it, I, I yeah, I'm kind of, I'm very introverted. And I think I, you know, I was just really enjoying <laughs> what I was doing. You know, it's when it's just yourself, you can, you can make decisions really fast. You can uh, move really fast. You can make changes really fast. You can, um, you know, you have a lot more control. You don't, so, and there's not much time wasted. Like it's very efficient. It's very, very efficient. So, you know, even just talking with these people about potentially hiring them and having conversations, it took a lot of time and the conversation, you know, it's like, how much progress do you make during a conversation? I don't know. It's just, so I decided, I, I, I kind of decided I didn't want to do that. I didn't, I didn't want to try to take that route. I, I, I was happy where, where it was and how things were going. And I, did, I didn't know if that, I didn't think that was the best way for my happiness. And I don't even know if it's the best for the company. I, I think the, this, the way that this business is and, it it may I mean maybe I'm wrong maybe it would have been better to I, I'm sure I could have used some help in some ways a lot of ways but I think uh, being able to move quickly I've really valued that uh, so yeah I didn't I decided not to try to grow it so I mean I find that fascinating like firstly that you you went against conventional wisdom. And yeah, sure, you know, maybe, you know, Park.io isn't a, you know, a hundred million dollar business, but maybe it doesn't need to be, right? In terms of you have a business that allows you to uh, be 
working on something that kind of you find fulfilling um, is kind of taking care of, you know, whatever your financial needs are. Um, I mean, that's, that's awesome. Thanks. You know, and I, I kind of, t- you know, told you, we, we spoke a bit before we sort of started recording and I just think it's, I, I just love your story because of that, because you, you kind of have, you're showing people that there isn't just one way to do things. Right. And it's just like, sometimes we're, we get caught up in this, um, this mind trap of thinking that we have to do things in certain ways. And I think it's so refreshing when I meet people like you that you show, you show people that, no, that there are other ways to kind of, you know, build a business or, or do things. But one thing I'm kind of curious about is like, if you're running a business that's doing over a million dollars a year, there's gotta be a lot of work, right? Like, <laughs> isn't there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there. I mean, there is a lot. Uh, um, yeah, there is a, a lot of work, and I'm sure. Yeah, it would be nice to have help, but uh, you know, I think that's one advantage. Another advantage, like a, a developer has, a, is that like you can automate a lot of things. Um, so, uh, you know, if you um, if you you know if you're doing something over and over again, you can just kind of automate or write a script or something. So, in that way, I've been able to reduce a lot of work. So a lot like most of the work now, like half the day is spent like communicating with like doing support stuff basically, like communicating with customers, helping them out and stuff. So that's like half the day, and then the other half is uh, you know there's some business type things like taxes and stuff like that or business like talking with registries and stuff and then there's um yeah development so i i don't have as much time as i would like it would be nice to yeah i probably should hire somebody to help with some of this stuff but um i yeah so it there's a lot of work but at least there's a lot of ways to automate a lot of stuff too so I just out of curiosity, like, what does your typical day look like? Like, what time do you get up? How many hours do you work? Uh, yeah, so um, I, well, I have a one-year-old son now, so I get up pretty, well, I, I, I get he, up. At, he gets you well, up early. <laughs> yeah, he gets me, I, I used to sleep a lot later, but I get up around six and then um, pretty much until lunch, I just work on, uh just like support and like answering emails and, you know, helping out customers and stuff. And then after lunch I do, uh, I try to focus on, I have like a to-do list of things, um, like either developing or fixing things or, you know, more code related things that go on until, uh, around four, four o'clock or so. And then, I mean, I do some things in the evening too, just because some domains drop, uh, in the evening. So I just make sure that that's all set up. Uh, so I do some things after dinner also, maybe like work an hour or so after dinner too. And it sounds like, um, automating is a big part of what you do, right? I mean, it was interesting. You said, you know, Hey, automated newsletters and, you know, tweets and whatever else you were doing. Um, so do you, do you think that that's one of the big reasons that you're able to, to run this business yourself? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, there's just, 
yeah, this is like the type of business that like my my father couldn't have done. Like it's just not I don't know that this type of thing is possible, like back just one generation, you know, like this is something that um it's kind of like a new type of thing. Like how uh uh I, th- I yeah, I just think that the way that the internet has fallen the services that have come out, like Amazon web services and stuff, like it's just made it to a point where this type of thing is now possible where, where one person can run something like, like this. So I think that's uh, kind of an advantage that we have right now in our time is something like this is possible. So one thing that strikes me is that the you've been in business for, I guess, what, almost four years now? Yeah. And so a, a couple of things, right? I would have thought that we're talking about competitors, right? So on the one hand, you're going to have sort of kind of more, you know, I don't want to call them established. Let's just say bigger companies who are offering a similar service as Park, Park.io, uh, potentially like getting into your space and kind of going after the same domains that you you sell. Um, and then on the other hand, I guess the more you you're out there sharing your story about Park.io, I wonder how many kind of copycat sites are uh, kind of appearing trying to do the same thing as you. Um, and, you know, and, and I guess a, a big part of your success is, I guess, your secret sauce is the way you figured out how to um, get these these domains. But, like, what has been kind of like the competitive situation like for you? Like, you know, have you have you seen it get more competitive um, is that something you worry about? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it, uh, so at first it was, there wasn't much competition and then, um, actually the registry, the .io registry decided to sell their own back orders. I think it was because of park.io. I'm not hundred percent sure, but so that was like, I thought the business was over at that point, but it actually it turned out their system was a little different. It didn't, uh, people still, we're still interested in using park.io. And so, um, it didn't actually hurt business and business actually did really well. And then they shut that down and then things, yeah. And then more competitors, uh, like a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of change. A lot of things <laughs> happen. Like, so then the .io registry changed management. And so the whole system changed and then it became like, I lost some competitive advantage at that point and more competitors came in and then like, so just the end of last year, like I was, I was getting pretty concerned. I told my wife, I didn't think this year was going to be that good. And then, um, luckily, uh, we acquired a competitor, uh, and, um, now, yeah, things are really good again. Like we're getting every single domain um so yeah it's like there's constantly things coming up and i don't i have no idea how things are gonna i'm always i'm always you know thinking that you know it's not it may not last it probably i don't see how you know it could last forever so but uh but you know it's just i think you know you just this is one thing i i realized recently too it's like so a hack, I consider myself a hacker and that's like computer stuff. It's like to be, to be a hacker, you have, you just, you're resourceful and you just like kind of build with what you have. You, you have some things and you make, you make it work with what you have. And what I realize is that 
business is like, it's very similar. It's like exactly the same thing. It's just not code. It's just business. It's like, you just have what you have and you just be, you try to be resourceful with it and make things work. And it's, so it's like hacking. It's exactly like hacking. It's just, there's not code involved. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good way to think about it. Um, okay. So in terms of like monthly revenue, what are you doing at the moment? Uh, it well, so uh, January was our best month, and then uh, and then February was even better than January. So it's doing really well. It's, I mean, it's still uh, it's like between one fifty and two hundred thousand. So this year, twenty eighteen, could be over two million dollars. Uh possibly close to we'll it see. yeah wow dude um and and also it's worth pointing out this is not this is not mrr this is not monthly recurring revenue right there's no subscription behind this business yeah yeah so this I is know, this is these are transactions like people coming individually one at a time to 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 buy these domains yeah yeah i know i i I sometimes wish I had a recurring because, like, I feel like I could just relax a little more that way. But yeah, <laughs> I love it. All right, um, let's let's talk uh, a little bit about uh, a couple of other projects that you've got going on because it, it sounds like, I mean, even even though Park IO takes up uh, a fair bit of your time you're still you're still pursuing some other projects at the moment right a, a little bit yeah i mean when i have the time i yeah i don't have a lot of time but i do yeah i still try to do some other things i'm still interested in some other things too but. so can you can you tell us about one of them yeah well i mean i guess file.io is another one that i did um, it's kind of you know in some ways it's similar to some of my other things that started out with, you know, it was on Hacker News, like went to maybe number one on Hacker News when I first launched it and it got a lot of interest. And then, you know, well, it was free, so I didn't really make any money. And so after a while, I was, you know, I thought, well, I thought my re my thinking was like, it's kind of a cool thing and uh, I'll keep it up because, part, you know, it's not, it doesn't cost that much. It's just servers and it's, uh, and, you know, maybe, uh, some people find park.io through it or I don't know. So I, uh, I decided to keep it up. But then after a year, I was like, I don't know, maybe I'll just shut it down because it's not making any money. It's just an expense. And so, but then I was like, okay, I'll, I'll try to charge uh, just to see. And then kind of like it just happened at that time, some, uh, a client like wanted a white label version of it. And so I worked a deal out with them. So it became profitable, but still not that much. So I, I, kept it running. Uh, so it's, I mean, it gets a lot of daily use, but it's not like making a lot of money. And I would like to, I mean, there's a lot of things I would like to do with it. It's, uh, but I haven't really had the time or like, it's hard to justify cause it's not making that much money, but I, like, I would like to make it so that it's hosted with IPFS. So it's like, you know, it's not centralized to 
basically Amazon and uh, stuff. So yeah, there's some things I would like to do with it there. But um, yeah, I've gotten, also I've gotten interested in uh, the blockchain and like Bitcoin stuff. And I, I've been working a little bit on Lightning uh, and just getting that running and um, thinking about uh, trying to integrate like Lightning Bitcoin payments on Park.io. So so, so do you think of, the, you don't really think of these as businesses from the sounds of it, right? It's It's kind of more like you're kind of pursuing some projects that you're interested in. Yeah, probably for those. Yeah, it's just more kind of interest. But maybe yeah. maybe just like with, with Park.io, maybe they, they become a business in their own right. Yeah, yeah. It's fascinating. All right, uh, Mike, uh, we could, I, I kind of feel like we could just keep chatting for hours. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just like you have such a unique and interesting story. Um, uh, I I. I just, I've got so many questions that I still kind of want to ask you. So, uh, you know, maybe I have to try and convince you to sort of come back, but I know we're kind of almost out of time. <laughs> uh, so, so let's, uh, I think we should just wrap up for now, but, uh, so I'll get onto the lightning round. I'm going to ask you seven questions. Just, uh, okay. try to answer them as quickly as you can. Okay. All right. Uh, what's the best piece of business advice that you've ever received? Yeah, I think, I guess, like, keep it simple and focus on what you do better than anyone else. I guess that. What book would you recommend to our audience and why? I think this book, Shoe Dog by Phil Knight, the founder of Nike, is really good, especially if you, if possible, if you're a runner and you can listen it, listen to it on Audible while you're running. I think it's really good. But it's, it talks about, uh, you know, how I think one thing that I could totally relate to is like all these problems come up all the time like obstacles are just constantly coming up and you think it's going to end the business but then there's like a way around you figure out a way around it i'm gonna have to check that out uh what's uh one attribute or characteristic in your mind of a successful entrepreneur i think being resourceful i think that's uh one of the most important what's your favorite personal productivity tool or habit I think the thing that has helped me the most is uh, actually it's um, it's vipassana meditation. I think meditating. So what's the, what's vipassana meditation? What's how's that different? Vipassana. It's uh, they actually, so if you go to dhamma.org, d h a m m a dot org, they have this organization where you can uh, they have these ten day meditation retreats um, all over the world, and they're completely free. Uh, you don't even have to pay for food or or lodging or anything. And it's, uh, it's, it's silent. It's 10 days of silence. So you can't read or write or talk or listen to music or anything. You just meditate the whole time. Wow. And it's, um, yeah, it's intense, but it's, it's really, really, it really helped me in my life in a lot of ways. Wow. Uh, what's a new or crazy business idea you'd love to pursue if you had the extra time? I'm not even sure I should ask you this question, man. It's like of all the things you've got going on. <laughs> well, one thing I would love to do, which I just haven't got, yeah, just haven't had the time or, but I would love to do at some point is, um, I think DNS, the domain name system would, is, would be great on the blockchain, like on a blockchain. So I think it would just, because right now it's really centralized around registries and like ICANN, like organizations. So I think uh, that like if it was decentralized, I think the internet would be a lot more free. So I think that would be really cool. What an interesting idea. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, what's uh, an interesting or fun fact about you that most people don't know? Uh, well, I used to be a uh, professional subway musician in New York City for a while. <laughs> what is a professional musician? <laughs> <laughs> that means I did it for a living, but I barely was able to make a living on it. But I did it for a few months. Wow. And and finally, what is one of your most important passions outside of your work? Well, I'm really interested in um, I, like consciousness and like just like, yeah, meditation and just like trying to understand, you know, like I guess spirituality. I, I, I'm interested in, you know, understanding why, why we're here and, and like bringing that into like a practical way to live. Awesome. Um, all right. So... I definitely need to figure out how to get you back one day. I have to, I have <laughs> sure, to kind of convince yeah. you to do that. Sure. But, yeah, you know, yeah. thank you. Thank you for making the time to do this. Uh, you know, I really appreciate that. Um, no problem. Thanks for having me. If uh, people want to find out more about Park.io, they can go to park.io. If you're looking for a domain, you can go to park.io. <laughs> um, and if uh, people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, you can, if, uh, humbly.com is like, the thing, the, the company where I launched the, all of my other projects on. So you could go there uh, and contact me there or sign up for the newsletter or, um, yeah, that's, that's probably the best. Awesome. Mike, thanks again. And uh, I wish you continued success. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Do you dream of owning a profitable online business or are you looking to sell yours? Bupos.com is the number one platform for entrepreneurs and founders alike. With Bupos, you can discover exclusive listings, browse listings from other marketplaces, or submit your own deal for approval. As the first platform to offer built-in acquisition financing for qualified buyers, Bupos makes it easier than ever to acquire a recurring revenue business without personal guarantees. Their experienced M&A advisory team is dedicated to supporting you throughout the process, ensuring a smooth transaction. Don't miss out on this exciting opportunity. To learn more, visit sasclub.io slash bupos. That's sasclub.io slash B-O-O-P-O-S. Sign up today and get qualified to sell your business or find your next venture. Are you still wrestling with rigid spreadsheets that slow down your team? Jotform Tables is a solution you've been looking for. Jotform Tables combines the power of a spreadsheet with the flexibility of a database. You can collect your data through customizable online forms and Jotform Tables automatically organizes and stores all the data submitted through your Jotform forms. You can also import and export files and collaborate with your team effortlessly. All changes are synced in real time, so everyone is always on the same page. But Jotform Tables is more than just a spreadsheet alternative with conditional formatting, data visualization, and more than 250 integrations, it's a complete productivity platform for your team. You can even automate tasks and workflows to save time. Ready to centralize your data, boost your team's efficiency, and take your productivity to new heights? Sign up for free at sasclub.io slash jotform. That's sasclub.io slash jotform. Attention SaaS founders, are you determined to scale your B2B business to that coveted million dollar ARR milestone? I've got something that can help you get there faster. Introducing the SaaS Club newsletter, your weekly companion on the journey to SaaS success. Packed with proven strategies, practical insights, and exclusive interviews with B2B SaaS founders who've been where you are, this newsletter is your ticket to accelerated growth. Each week, in just five minutes, you'll gain access to a treasure trove of growth tactics, lessons learned, and insider tips to help you navigate the challenges of the early stages and scale your business 
to seven figures and beyond. So why wait? Become part of a 4,000 plus strong community of SaaS founders and entrepreneurs who are already harnessing these insights to drive their growth. Visit sasclub.io slash newsletter and subscribe to the SaaS Club newsletter today. Gain the support and expertise you need to keep forging ahead on your SaaS journey.